Listen to Natty News. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Natty News, the nattiest news show in the world. My name is Anwar, and I am joined by Pat, Olympic weightlifter Wu. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it might have been too long a day of coaching, and I'm sounding a little bit like a chain smoker, but 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 I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well as well. I got my second COVID vaccine shot. Feeling good so far. I'll see how it hits me tomorrow. But no, good. Feeling good. Nice, good, good. What's what's going on in our world of trading this week? I'll I'll start. Um, I've been not really lifting weights that seriously. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm still on a program, but it's a lot more like conditioning stuff. Um, I did sumo deadlifts this week. I did like. I just did like about 300 pounds just because my form was not good on them. And then I've been playing so much tennis. Um, but but yeah, just kind of try to enjoy my summer. But how about you? Yeah, um, due to some um, traveling I had to do, unfortunately, I've been actually out of the gym for a little bit. So mm. I've been doing some home workouts again when I was in quarantine when I came back to Canada. As well as um, now that I'm out of quarantine, I had to do a little other trip. Uh, which resulted in me still not able to go to the gym and just a lot of cardio. So probably tomorrow will be my first day back at the weight. So we'll see how that works. But yeah, otherwise, it's been pretty good. Still been working on those cartwheels. Going to finally get those one day. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, it's Olympic time, man. You got to get your get your gymnastics. You get your gymnastics up. But yeah, so Natty News is making no gains. <laughs> here first. Yeah, this is a this is a no gains a little segment in Natty News. Um, but yeah, kind of speaking about athletes who are making a ton of gains for your natty news recap, we're going to do an Olympics focus. So as many of our listeners might know, the Olympics is going on full speed. There's been some amazing performances already. And if you haven't had the chance to see anything right now in natty news recap, we'll give you the recap of what's been going on in the Olympics. So Pat, how do you, how about you start us off? What's been going on in the Olympics? Sure. Well, I feel compelled to tell us about weightlifting, um, being the weightlifting guy on the show. It. I don't think anything, there, there's been dramatic sessions, but nothing too eventful. So like the ones that have happened have been the women's 49, the men's 61, and the men's 67, all of which were won by Team China, uh, really to no surprise. The story behind how the men's men's sessions were won were a little bit more dramatic the women's one, she was just, uh, she was just too good. I think she beat everyone by like seven or eight kilos, and she was still being conservative. Um, but in the 49s, I think India, uh, a lady called Mirabai, I think she won her uh, India's first medal with a clean and jerk of 115, weighing 49 kilos. So it's she's pretty strong, pretty strong. Um, and I think, I think uh, a girl from Thailand may have gotten third. Um, but yeah, but Amber, you you as someone who didn't follow weightlifting, saw a certain interesting lift on the internet. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about it. I've been seeing this all over social media. It's this insane athlete. Um, I believe he's from China, and he was doing a clean and jerk. And when he finally locked it out, and everything's looked good, he lifts his leg up, and he's kind of one legged with uh ungodly amount of weight above his head, and this guy of like balances it with one leg. 
<laughs> and it's all just up there. And I wasn't sure if like it was a balance thing or was he just like flexing on Ava and being like, hey, this is so light. I only need one leg. Like, come on, guys, just give me the gold already. Like, <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, uh, what was going on with that clip? I'm sure a lot of our listeners might have seen it as well. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's interesting. I, I knew it was popular in weightlifting circles, but I didn't know that like general viewers were enjoying it, but I'm sure it's pretty dramatic. So this is uh, Lee Fabin, the 61 kilogram lifter. Um, and the weight at hand, I believe was 170 kilos. So it's a lot of weight um, for this guy. And so what kind of happened was he, he did his clean and this is not the first time he's done it before. So he's called Flamingo Lee Fabin for, for a reason. Because I think he just has some weird balance weight shift issues. Maybe one leg is just like a lot stronger or balanced than the other. That sometimes when he recovers from a jerk, one of his feet will just go up and float in the air. And he'll just suspend before he uh, recovers. But it's not the first time it's happened to him. And it's crazy that that was the lift that he kind of took to secure the gold medal in, in the Olympic Games. Man, what a way to win the gold medal. And... I expect nothing less from someone whose nickname is the Flamingo. Yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of like a Doe Flamingo, you know? Just like, <laughs> shout out to the One Piece fans out there. This guy's a legend. Oh, man. That's interesting. Do you ever find that too, like, kind of doing something like that when you do a, a jerk? Like, do you ever find that you need to have that added balance? Or is it really just unique to him? It's pretty unique to him. I don't... I could not, if I lifted a leg off the ground with anything more than a hundred, like I, I think I would just fall. I don't think I could suspend it over. It's, it was like overhead. He's like standing on one foot. His leg was like a good foot in the air too. Yeah. Not talking like slightly up. So it's, it's incredible. I think he could have been a good circus athlete if, if uh, ever he decided he wanted to do that. No, that was incredibly impressive. Um, but no, awesome. And yeah, I think um, there was, I think uh, so far it's been a mostly uh, the women who have been competing, who have been doing some insane weight uh, um, currently. So it's going to be interesting to see as we get into the higher and higher weight categories um, near the end is going to be the super, super heavyweight. So let's see what happens there too. And we'll keep everyone up to date on the Olympic weightlifting as well as the general Olympics. Um, Pat, anything else interesting you see happen in the Olympics? Yeah, well, you know, moving on from the weightlifting, uh, Canada was able to pick up the first medals. Um, yeah, go Canada! The Olympics uh, in the water. So, uh, starting off with the four by one hundred freestyle, um, the women actually came back from a pretty good deficit. I think after the the third person, I think they were in like fourth or fifth place, and uh, Penny Oleksiak, who was a previous Olympic medalist, uh, stormed back to get a silver medal. Um, she went head to head with the American swimmer. It was, I uh, went and watched the replay. It was really close. They were just neck and neck, same speed. And I think she just got the stride on her at the end, made up a lot of difference. So that was one medal. And then um, another comeback win in the three meter synchronized diving. Uh, I cannot pronounce the name properly. Jennifer Abel and Melissa, we're just gonna call her Melissa CB. Um, has a French name that I have a hard time with, but um, they won another silver medal. And in so in diving, you get uh, you get five uh, you get five tricks or or five dive attempts, right? So after the first two attempts, they were actually in fifth place. 
Um, but they were able to come back from that and just came in clutch into the last three to go all the way up to second place. So, yeah, a lot of good comeback wins, and I, I love nothing more than a, than a good clutch comeback. Oh, that's fantastic. And, man, go Canada. Look at those amazing Canadian athletes go. And how is the future for Canada looking for the Olympics? Do you think we have potential to win some more medals? Yeah, I think so. Uh, unfortunately, um, in men's tennis, uh, our top-ranked player, who, who um, Felix, another French name that I cannot pronounce, uh, he was actually the ninth seed in Tokyo, but he lost in the first round, um, unfortunately. Just uh, had a bit of an off day. One thing I noticed, I watched a little bit of the Olympic tennis, was that there's no crowd. Tennis is really weird without a crowd. Usually it's, you know, the players feed off the crowd, either giving them motivation or talking crap to them um, during the games. And I, I think it's, uh, I think I'm sure that's throwing a lot of people off and they're also playing quite early in the day. And um, I don't know if every athlete's used to those conditions, but um, beyond that, I think there have a, there's a couple, couple potential for medals. So more in swimming, more water. Um, Maggie McNeil is a hundred meter butterfly swimmer and 9.30 Eastern time, I believe that's tonight. I think that might be right now, <laughs> is uh, competing in the 100-meter butterfly. She had a shot at the medal. Uh, Summer McIntosh uh, is going to compete in the 400-meter freestyle final. That's also going to be later on tonight. So I guess by the time this episode is out, um, you'll know what the results are. And uh, if you haven't, you should, you should definitely go check it out. We're also, uh, it seems like... Um, we have a potential female uh, judo medalist contender. Uh, her name is Jessica Klimkate uh, from Ontario. And um, that begins. I haven't, you know, I've done a little bit of judo when I was a kid. And I always thought that was like a really tough sport. Um, I think it's also really cool how how many different ways there are to toss someone. Um, Anwar, I know you have like a little bit of type of experience with like rolling, chucking people and that kind of thing. So uh, I'll definitely be trying to watch a little bit of these uh, combat-type sports. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I did a little judo myself as well. And, man, it is such a it, it is such a tough sport, but also such a beautiful one, too, about when you see someone do a good throw, and it's just, like, it's amazing. It just looks weightless with the body and everything. So it's a really cool one. And I know um, judo, ha um, judo Canada has been putting a lot of work into some of the younger athletes, and, really been doing a lot of building. So it's exciting to see that pay off. So that's going to be a really interesting one to look at, um, not only in that one category, but just um, completely with judo and Canada. Let's see how we can do this year. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a great summary of how Canada is looking for the upcoming Olympic Games. To give a bit of a high-level overview, the current medal count, it seems that we got China in number one, six gold, one silver, four bronze, uh, a lot of those goals are coming from the weightlifters, as Pat and I mentioned before. More coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chinese weightlifting is just a whole nother level above everyone else. And second place comes Japan with five gold medals and one silver, which, man, that's some good home court advantage. But those Japanese athletes, they have the love of their people around them, and hopefully they can keep it up and have a great year for Japan. And in third, we got the United States with four goals, two silvers, and four bronze. But, you know, it's early on. Let's see how the U.S. of A. can do in this battle. But, honestly, so far, it's been a pretty good uh, Olympic Games. I know some of the Olympic um, athletes have gone and test positive for COVID. So, 
hopefully those are all handled and the rest of the athletes can stay safe. Of course, it's unprecedented times. It could be difficult, no crowds and everything, but it's still pretty cool that we're having the Olympics back. Yeah, you know, I, I had I have mixed thoughts on it too, but I mean, if it's going to be on and these athletes don't have anyone cheering them on, I mean, the least we can do is at least watch, especially for those, uh, you know, for those performances where Canada's got a good good chance to uh, to win or even just to represent. Well, the way I kind of think about it too is like a lot of these athletes have dedicated their entire lives to these yeah. moments. And like if you just cancel it or push back, like three, four years can be devastating to any athlete. So if they yeah. have mentally prepared themselves for this time, I do feel it's a little unfair to kind of cancel that after putting so much time and effort. So I, I although it is a bit of a controversy, I do believe that um, it is the right time and hopefully everything can be handled to keep as many people safe as possible. It seems that they've been doing a lot of good work currently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we some something I've talked to some good athletes on is, uh, you know, high level athletes are a little crazy. They're <laughs> all of them have said they're, they're, they're willing to lose years of their lives and whatnot for for uh, to be able to compete and whatnot. I don't I can never understand that. But yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of them are glad to this opportunity. Yeah, and that's fantastic. Well, as Olympic Games has been going on, another types of games have been happening, Pat. The CrossFit Games. And oh man, I think what would be a better time than now to talk about CrossFit? Yeah, the CrossFit Games, they begin on the 27th and they go all the way into August 1st. Now, Amber, do you often watch the CrossFit Games? You know what? I'll be honest with you, Pat. Um, I have never watched the CrossFit Games except for some of those like meme compilation videos of like cringy exercises of people kind of making fun of them like that's kind of been my most uh, biggest exposure but for preparing this episode i tried to actually watch some of the events and uh, kind of see it from the other side you know coming with an unbiased full natty opinion of it so i can say now i have seen some but um like many fitness bros i think crossfit has been seen very negatively uh but before we go delve into it how about you pat do you ever watch the crossfit games yeah, I've never watched one like in lifetime when it's on, but um, there's been some like documentaries and on like Netflix and just a lot of like recordings. I've watched quite a bit of that, um, like guys like you know Matt Fraser, um, guys like um, you know women like Tia Claire Toomey and and the uh, all the all the like Nordic ladies uh, with last names daughter. They're all they're all really good at it. And there's there's um there's a couple canadians uh i think one of which lives up in Kelowna, who's also been like up to like a silver medalist uh crossfit games so i've watched a lot of that um i my opinion i actually have a lot of respect for the sport i think it's a it's a great sport i think it's very impressive what they do at that level it's something i could never fathom doing i just think it's a great sport but i don't think it's a great practice mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's kind of the preview of my stance. There's a little bit more nuance than that, but we'll get into it in a, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I definitely do think people like the, people like to make fun of it a lot, and there are some reasons too. But I also have to say that when you look at some of these events, it is actually incredibly impressive, the versatility of those athletes or what they're able to do. Like an example is like, um, Pat, you can snatch uh, 100 kgs, and you could probably do it for a couple of reps. But then could you also then do like 
a five mile run and then like a hundred pull-ups afterwards. And like, it just kind of adds that versatility that not only have you be able to be the strength and the technique for these lifts, you also have to show some endurance and some other types of firms where you can't really be a specialist. You have to kind of be pretty generally fit in a lot of aspects. So when they give the announcement that this is the fittest man or woman in the world, it's kind of hard to disagree with that statement after seeing what they go through. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the by definition, CrossFit themselves, they say what it is, is it's constantly varied functional movement performed at a high intensity. And then their goal is that CrossFitters are like jacks of all trades and they're masters of none. So they are pretty good at a variety of disciplines related to athletics, but um, definitely not the best in the world at any, right? So yeah, if, if if fitness, if that, if what it means to you is to be pretty decently good at all forms of like physical activity, it's not a bad argument that CrossFitters are up there. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we can start off with maybe, maybe like the, what is CrossFit? Like what is the difference between doing like a CrossFit than um, doing Olympic lifting or strongman or just regular bodybuilding or powerlifting? Like what makes CrossFit unique? If someone who is not familiar with CrossFit whatsoever, how would you describe it to them? Yeah, well, CrossFit, uh, they run with what you call these um, wads, right? Like, uh, which you've definitely heard the term and wads are like workout of the day. Now, where traditional workouts, you often run with um, sets and reps um, and whatnot. And there's program rest time. Most of these workouts look more like uh, you're, you're often performing stuff for time or for volume. Um, so for example, like, uh, one of the, uh, I had the link open, but I have it closed now. I think the workout's called a Cindy or a Fran It's one of those, but it's like, uh, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats. And you do as many as you can in 15 minutes, right? So it's not sets and reps. It's like you work at your own pace and you try to do that. So that's usually like the wads and. That's like a very basic one, but some of the other ones will do different things like ladders, like, oh, you'll do um, 21 deadlifts, 21 thrusters, and like 21 box jumps. And then you do the same for like 14, and then you do the same for seven. But they are rarely linear sets and reps workouts with programmed rest. They're almost always like this. Yeah, it's kind of like a challenge. You challenge the volume or you challenge it according to time. Yeah, I think that's a great explanation. And it seems one of the big things about it is it's not only challenging. It's not like purely strength training, as you would see in most gym um, sessions. It is kind of a mixture of endurance with strength training. Yeah, and that's that's what they sell, right? Uh, the, the idea of CrossFit is um, strength training just gets you strong. Cardio gets you cardio. But when you do CrossFit, uh, the proposal is that you work all kinds of energy systems, uh, aerobic, anaerobic, uh, your fossil creatine, like you work power, strength, uh, hypertrophy, and like endurance. That's the proposal. And another thing too is uh, for the average person, if they go to a CrossFit gym, it is almost always going to be group classes. Like, of course, there are people who do train CrossFit alone, maybe at a home gym or something. But normally, when you do a CrossFit class, it's, got, it's a group um, environment with it. So it would be all the people together doing this one workout of the day. 
Um, and the workout of the day could be very varied. You could be, like you said, you could be maybe doing snatches for time, or it could be like doing like a, a hundred push-ups, um, varied with like maybe some squats and um, some pull-ups and other stuff like that. Yeah, and and one of the key principles behind CrossFit is that it's constantly varied. So there's not like you're not gonna do oh like on this program we're only gonna do body weight like. You could come in on Monday and do a do a Cindy, which is like the five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats. And then you'll come in on Wednesday and you'll do a grace. And the grace is just 30 clean and jerks at 135 per time. So it it's very varied. And you'll do anywhere from body weight movements to powerlifting to dumbbells to Olympic lifting to rings, also gymnastics, um, and then a lot of plyometrics. So there's a very big variety of things that are involved in the CrossFit repertoire. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be a lot of different movements going on there. So I think that's a pretty good description of what CrossFit is. So I think to start off, to take away my bro biases, let's talk about some of the pros of CrossFit. What are the good things we have with it? So I, I can start off. I think one of the big pros, I think of one of the reasons people get into it is the group fitness side of it, where lifting alone can be a little boring. It can be monotonous. And especially if you don't know what's going, what to do with programming, it can be a little intimidating. So CrossFit takes that away. You're able to come in a group session where you're going to have someone who will give you uh, a workout to do. You're with other people. There's a whole social element to it. Um, there's a whole culture of CrossFit that you can be part of that feels good to say you're part of it and all that good stuff. So I think one of the pros of CrossFit is it does give you a lot of structure and social um, benefit to it, where it's kind of like a fun thing you do. You do CrossFit with your friends. Yeah, um, I think that's very much something that ties people together. I mean, the type of people that are involved in it um, often are working class people who spend long days, right? And then it's, it's a good way to, you know, like fitness is one of our like core things as people, but also so is being social. And then it's, it kills two birds with one stone. And I think a lot of people um, can enjoy that. So another good benefit of it, um, it can be pretty great and fun for conditioning because uh, you do a bunch of varied things, right? Like I hate running. You, you like running, but I hate running. I don't like doing cardio conditioning, but you know, it could be pretty fun to do a little like fun circuit. There's some, there's a little bit of barbell, there's a little bit of jogging involved, a little bit of jumping um, and done at the right level. It's pretty good conditioning and it's, it's fun. It can be a good time. Um, and I think for people who don't like doing conditioning, like anytime you can make that aspect fun uh, is great because when it's fun, you'll probably try harder too. Yeah, completely. And you're right. It could be a very fun way uh, it kind of gamifies doing endurance training which a lot of people might be able to enjoy um another really good thing is if you have a good coach at the gym it can actually give you a very good fundamentals to a lot of the different ways of lifting like you do some powerlifting movement you do some olympic weightlifting you do some kettlebells you do some calisthenics body weight like you really are doing almost every different type of like fitness lifting gym stuff you could so if you have a good coach that can go through each one of those, it can give you a very good understanding of a bunch of different movements. Yeah, it's it's definitely way more than you would get um, exposing yourself to a traditional gym environment. 
where most of the time you would do at most dumbbells, barbells, right? That's kind of the standard and definitely wouldn't do Olympic lifting. You definitely probably wouldn't do like uh, skipping double unders. You wouldn't do handstands, all that stuff. Yes, it really does give a lot of varied stuff that you can all do together. An Another thing about it that also could be really good is also just exposure as well. So not only learning the different stuff, but also like kind of finding what you enjoy and not enjoy doing too. Like I know I have a few people who do CrossFit I know and talk about, and they kind of say like doing CrossFit made them like fall in love with doing calisthenic stuff. Like just doing that experience kind of got them into it. And like um, when we had Tom on before, he talked about how people would do CrossFit and fall in love with Olympic weightlifting and be like, man, I never knew about this. And now I'm getting into it. So it can kind of give you an exposure to a lot of different stuff too. not only learn it, but also see what you like to do and not like to do. That's a that's a great point. Um, yeah, and I've met people who they've done CrossFit. They love a lot of it, but they're like, damn, I hate the conditioning, <laughs> but they like the weightlifting. And then, they, yeah, they convert to weightlifting or maybe they like the gymnastics and they go and sign up for a class in gymnastics. So it's a pretty good gateway, right? It's yeah, it's, you get a little bit of exposure to it all. Yeah. So anything else you're thinking about? I think we gave a fair assessment of the pros of CrossFit. Um, I think that's pretty good. I agree. I think that's a pretty fair. Okay. So now the cons. <laughs> uh, and so uh, if some of you have or haven't seen, I would say probably one of the biggest cons of CrossFit and the most common one you would hear is that it can be very dangerous. And the reason why it can be dangerous is, as we mentioned, that there's a huge variety of different lifts you do. If you do not do those lifts properly, they could injure you. Like if you do a deadlift with a cat back, just fully rounded, oh, oh man, you're going to slip a disc. Or if you do a clean and jerk or snatch without the the very intricate details of Olympic weightlifting, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a bad time. So, one of the big complaints um, I've heard from people from um, CrossFit is that since it is a class environment, it can be very difficult to get those precise details when you train, and you could maybe build bad habits in your lifting technique where it would lead people to injury. Another thing too is when you're doing something very intricate or very tough, like a deadlift or a snatch or a clean and jerk for time where you're trying to do as many reps as possible it's hard for the average person to know when to stop when their firm's breaking down and a lot of people get into attitude of no pain no gain so it doesn't matter if it hurts i gotta keep on grinding out that next rep not realizing where there is a point when to stop i mean you and i have talked about before um about like intensity and how you don't really want to go to 100% when your body can't take anymore. That you need to realize when your firm's broken down, when you're going too much, because otherwise you're just going to break down your body for no good reason. So I would say, though, that has probably been the most common criticism of CrossFit. What do you think, Pat? You got some other ones? Any big, bigger ones than that? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think, you know, to reiterate your point from a more nerdy point of view, it's... Um... <laughs> We've talked about how um, when people get hurt, now there's a lot of new evidence that maybe it's not technique that gets people hurt, but one thing that definitely gets people hurt is pushing too hard when you're really, really, really tired. The more fatigued you are and the more aggressive, quick stuff you do, the more that's when you get at injury risk, right? 
That's why when you see, um, like, for example, NBA players coming off a short offseason, a lot of them got hurt this year. So with CrossFit, what you have is usually a combination of people who um, don't have the highest expertise of movements. Like, they don't deadlift with the greatest form to begin with. And then they're doing, like, uh, AMRAPs, as many as possible. Or they're doing, like, EMOMs every minute of the minute with, like, a decently heavy weight. They're fine on the first minute. But by the 10th minute, they're gas. Like, they probably don't even want to get up. So they half-ass it. They round out their back. They jerk the weight. Uh, they don't tighten up their core. Um, and they're fatigued. And, and that's where kind of getting hurt comes in, right? It's um, I would even say, like, you know, one bad rep with not the greatest form is not going to hurt you. But one bad rep at the end of a wad when you're wasted, your injury risk is pretty high. And you do this three times a week, you know, all year long. Like, it's... Um, the risk is just pretty high for what you get from it, which um, I don't think the results are that much better than, you know, if you were to follow a more conservative program, like you don't want to go always balls to the wall uh, as we've talked about so much. That's actually um, very interesting. You mentioned that injury isn't always linked to fault and technique. So I kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but are you saying that like, as long as you don't get too exhaustive, you can be pretty forgiving with your technique for a lot of lifts and not get injured. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the argument to have is like what exactly is like good and bad technique has kind of evolved over time. Right. Like, um, you know, you remember like, for example, a narrative that like you, when you press, you should always like knuckles up and you should never wrist back because um, that puts too much pressure on your wrist. We used to hear that before. Right. But then another way to think about it is, okay, there's pressure in your wrist. Well, let's just make sure our wrists are strong enough to support that weight while also understanding that like wrist back is a more secure um, holding position for an overhead press than knuckles up where you're kind of using much more musculature or like the idea of like knees going over your toes. Once upon a time, that was a universal truth, right? Going over your toes leads to pain. So that stuff evolves. So you can debate it, but what you can't debate is that if someone is dead tired and then they're forced to move quickly, aggressively with a lot of load um, to something that they may not be capable of that moment, that is almost certainly like an injury risk. I think that is something that's just not as uh, flexible. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, and that is kind of, that does make me think too, because I also like a lot of times um, to kind of talk about another lift is people talk about rounding your back in deadlifts. I mean, I just said it with my example, but there are some very heavy lifters who have to do round their back, but then they bring up the point about that the starting position, that they start in a rounded position, but they keep everything tight throughout the lift, where then yeah. it is safe. But then the danger is if you start with a neutral back and then it rounds midway through the lift and you lose all tightness. So I can actually really see what you mean about that, where it is hard to tell what truly is bad for them? It's not as easy as what people used to think. Exactly. Um, you know, things are really evolving in terms of that. Now, what I think um, on another side, though, form matters maybe more to optimize the lift, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, when you do a clean, you want your back straight because that activates the right musculature, right? Uh, to get the weight up. Like when you do a pull up, you want to have a certain posture to make sure you can go straight up and down rather than forward and backwards so technique still like technique is not useless it's really important and i think even if there's a chance you can prevent injury you might as well learn good form because at the very least you're getting 
uh, performance improvement and maybe injury prevention. So it's, it's always, always should focus on technique anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of bring it back to the whole crossword thing where I feel like to getting the confidence to do a true AMRAP at a lift takes thousands, tens of thousands of reps for you to really be able to hammer out your body's movement where even when you're super tired, you can keep the same technique in your last rep as in your first rep. And so when you have these CrossFit workouts where it might be snatches for time and you just started doing it a couple months ago, there was no way you could hold the same technique throughout each one of those. Exactly. And from a learning perspective, we know that, you know, your body adapts to the pattern does all the time. And let's say you're doing like dumbbell snatches incorrectly, like as in like they're always forward, they always crunch your shoulder a little bit, you're always in a little bit of pain. And then you just, they're in your wads every single week. So you just do them in a way that's not good for your body every single week. Even if you, even if you eventually your coach points out, let's correct your form, you're going to have such a hard time correcting it. Maybe you'll do it well in the first set, but when you're tired, guess what you're going back to? You're going to go back to the form that you've done the most reps with. So it's just this whole idea of bringing beginners in and just rushing them into doing all these different things. Um, and then at a high intensity, I just, I just don't like the formula. Yeah. And you know what? You bring in another one of the cons I had, which it was like how strict the wads are in the sense of, let's say you don't like doing a movement. Like for me, I don't like barbell rows. Now, I don't know if CrossFit does many barbell rows, but I don't like doing them. I don't feel much lat activation. I don't feel like they're very effective. I don't like them. But in a CrossFit sense, you have to do what's in the wad. So even if there are movements you don't enjoy, you don't like, um, you have to do it. And I really don't like that. I like workouts to be flexible. I like it to be that if I want to work, if I don't like doing, I don't know, overhead press, I like to do dumbbell shoulder press. I like to have that opportunity to switch and have that flexibility and i find with the wads especially where it's your coach decides it maybe you're um feeling an injury maybe your quads aren't feeling the best that day but you still have to go in and then do the same wad as anyone else i don't love that system yeah and and just and you're always going fast you're always going hard and i know i know that sells like i know people are like sold on the idea of like getting a sweat or feeling intense but uh, we've talked about how that's not necessarily necessary or smart all the time to work out. And again, like a lot of these people that come in are people that probably came from like a previously sedentary lifestyle to some extent. And people are just sitting a lot. And all of a sudden you're doing like snatches and and handstand push-ups and, and ring dips. Like, you know, it's, I just question the longevity of it a little bit with their, with the formula. And I know there's probably a lot of good CrossFit coaches out there, but if an individual has spent too much time just like working out in a flawed way, you, you won't be able to correct them during a session, especially when there's 15 to 20 participants, loud music, and everybody's rushing. Where's the time to actually teach somebody, right? Exactly, exactly. And another thing, and I kind of allude to this too, is that not all CrossFit coaches are the same. Now, there are some unbelievably good CrossFit coaches. There are some that are amazing athletes that do really great programs. I mean, again, we had Tom on before who did do CrossFit um, training before at his gym. And I have no question that that man could teach you how to do everything perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> like he is an expert. Um, but then again, not everyone has the same background he has. Some people do a weekend session 
um, learning it uh, just like personal trainers and then comes in and then expects to be an expert that can teach you how to do this CrossFit. Yeah, I just, it, it, there's too much variety, I feel like, with the coaching. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, we know there are experts out there that teach Olympic weightlifting, gymnastics, calisthenics, powerlifting, and like plyometrics and like running and all that in its separate disciplines. And, you know, what, what CrossFit kind of is doing is, oh, if you go and take the CrossFit level one weekend course, you're now supposed to be the expert on a lot of these things. And it's, man, and not only teach a one-on-one, you're going to jump right into managing like 15 to 20 people who are all new to do it at the same time. You know, it's, it's, t- it's just tough for them, you know, but I, I just think it's a flawed system. Yeah, completely, completely. And again, I do think though, I would say flawed system might be a little harsh. I feel like though there are people who do really enjoy that. Like maybe CrossFit can work for some people. Yeah, well, I mean, going back to the pros, right? Like I've always said that I would like to try CrossFit one day when my body is ready. Because the thing is, I I really think you got to be in pretty damn good shape to do it. Um, Like other than like, in a group class because you never know what you're going to get. Right. Like I could probably make it through like a weightlifting one, but if there's like box jumps running and like total bars involved, I'm going to literally die. So, and, and like either I'm going to literally die or I'm going to do it terribly and, and maybe hurt myself. Right. So it's, but I think for people with a good level of fitness, like Amber, you're probably pretty close to there. Like you've got, you've got good endurance. You do the most of the lifts pretty well. Like someone like you could probably, enjoy it and it could be a good form of conditioning for you um but for a lot of people i just think a lot of people are not in the right shape to do it um or they don't have they haven't learned the right technique to kind of graduate to being able to do crossfit i think crossfit should be like at the top that's a hard like difficult tricky workout it should it's and if it was there i think it's a good thing i just don't think it should be the bottom i don't like it being everyone's first exposure to this type of training I like how you, I kind of, I like how you uh, positioned that that it, it should be something where when someone has kind of had a baseline for these disciplines then they go into it uh, and uh, I appreciate the compliment but I think the one thing I'm lacking that you definitely beat me on no question is the Olympic weightlifting like my I, <laughs> I can't even imagine doing a snatch uh one of these days we're gonna have to do a video together of you sh- teaching me more depth but yeah um I agree. CrossFit is tough. Um, and before we kind of talk more about like the actual competition, some of the athletes, I think another one of the cons is people going to CrossFit, not really understanding what they're going to gain from it. Where I imagine a lot of people going to CrossFit, they watch the games, they see people like Rich Froning, who has an amazing physique, super strong, just like a really phenomenal athlete. And they think that CrossFit is what's going to get me to look like Rich Froning. I'm going to be like Rich Froning if I do CrossFit. Exactly. And to be honest, you're not. Like CrossFit, it it really is more of an endurance thing than anything else. Like you're not going to gain much muscle from doing CrossFit for a multitude of reasons. Um, the CrossFit workouts are more built to focus on your endurance rather than actually breaking down and simulating muscle growth. So you're not going to get to like 190, 200 pounds lean from doing CrossFit. Um, Another thing too about CrossFit is that what you kind of was saying before about going into it once you have a bit of 
a pretty good baseline is true for almost every single one of the top CrossFit athletes. Uh, I believe Rich Froning already had a pretty good weightlifting background before he started training CrossFit. Like he already was very confident in his snatch and clean yeah. and jerks and was like a, a pretty a- athletic guy normally. Like he just, he liked to move around. And so when he got into CrossFit, it wasn't much of a, it wasn't a big challenge for him to do these workouts because he already had the baseline made. And you find a lot of these really great CrossFit athletes, they train on a standardized training program of just normal strength training programs that we've talked about. And then they use CrossFit as the sport they compete in, where then they um, train normal strength and conditioning and then do the CrossFit as the competition they're peaking for, similar to how maybe I do strength and conditioning with a normal strength program. And then I do compete in maybe jujitsu or go running or something like that, where I'm using the strength, uh, strength and conditioning to build myself up for these spurts. I don't think people really realize that where CrossFit yeah. is the spurt and not actually the training you do for the spurt. Yeah, and that that's you know that's the disconnect. I, I think that's the biggest problem, right? It's and uh, I think your point was the best point you had was all the best CrossFitters did not get where they are like where they are by doing CrossFit, right? Uh, Matt Fraser was a extremely good weightlifter um well not extremely pretty good like he was at national level he did pretty good at nationals right um tia claire Toomey was a high level gymnast for quite a long time and so what they what that gives you is it gives you that expertise in some of the lifts like not all the crossfit games athletes olympic lift well like some of them are just like their form is pretty shit but i guarantee you all of them are specialists in at least like a couple of the dis- disciplines right like some of them might have done um ultra endurance really well or they might have done like gymnastics or calisthenics really well so you know like that's how they got there they didn't get there by doing wads every day um they use wads to peak right uh, kind of like how strong men when they train for for competition they don't actually just do like stone circuits every day they they start with like squat bench deadlift like stuff that's safe and then maybe closer to competition they start to work in more and more specificity right like there's a there's a periodization. There's a there's a cycle of like goals that they're working through. Whereas uh, the commercially sold CrossFit is just like, hey, let's just do wads. We'll just keep doing wads. It doesn't like and, and random wads too. It's not even like we're gonna do the same wad on Monday. You know, it's constantly varied. And so there's that disconnect between the marketing message and the reality of what what the sport really is. And also, um, similar to Strongman, and again, this is now new, so I have to bring it up. Um, CrossFit notoriously has a very lax drug testing program. I actually, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think at, not until 2019 did they really test for drugs um, for their athletes. And again, nothing against anyone who wants to um, take a little juice, but I think it's good for people to understand that when they watch the CrossFit games, um, you're not always looking at natty certified athletes. Oh, 100%. I mean, you just look at the stuff they can do. The amount of the balance of like endurance to strength to power movements and the way they can do it, it's pretty inhuman. It's, uh, I wouldn't doubt if a lot of them are on some good stuff. Especially the recovery times too. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you're talking about like, I think the CrossFit Games is, is it a week long? Yeah. And uh, so then, like, it was like four or five days, four or five oh, days. 
my mistake, but in, they're doing something almost every day. I think sometimes yeah. you might get a day break some athletes, but then a lot of times it's just back to back, like doing yeah. some pretty intense workouts. Like those walls are tough. Oh yeah. That's uh and every year they think of more like stupid stuff. Like it's, it just gets harder every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely do think like the CrossFit athletes are totally real athletes and they yeah. do do some amazing feats but i think the big thing i have against crossfit is that it kind of it pushes the marketing for people who might not be as familiar with it where like if you want to become like these people you do crossfit exactly exactly like it's uh it kind of makes sense from the outside view it's like okay yeah if you do all the different forms of fitness at the same time you'll become the most fit person but I think what I've learned from many years of being a trainer, no, the smart way of doing it is to maybe spend most of your focus on like learning, being good at a couple of things. If you want to become strong, focus on becoming strong. If you want to focus on endurance, focus on that rather than just trying to do everything at once at the highest intensity. Like it's kind of like jumping into a battle without a plan, right? You're just like, you're just not thinking about it. And then you're just, you're just doing stuff to get tired. And I, I think the idea of just working out to get tired is not, I'm I'm not about that mentality. I can definitely get the idea of working out just to get tired. And I think there could be benefits of that. But I definitely see what you mean. And also another aspect of CrossFit is it's expensive. Now, there's, there's obviously a variety of, of fees. But I've seen like $200 a month for um, CrossFit gyms. And it makes me ask. And I think whenever you pay for a premium service, you need to ask yourself, what are you getting? And so if you're just getting someone to babysit you, giving you a wall that you're going to do in a group, I don't think that's worth $200. But if you have a really great coach who really breaks down these movements, shows you how to do it, has a strong background in um, either gymnastics or Olympic weightlifting or even powerlifting that can help you uh, train and learn these, I could see that being worth it. And learning all these movements from a, some certified real coach, yeah, that could be definitely a good use of your money. But that's another thing too, is it's hard to know, especially as a beginner, is your coach really legit? Yeah. And I still think like, if you want to learn to weightlift, like you should not go to a crossfitting gym. You go to a weightlifting coach. If you want to learn to do handstands, cartwheels and, and whatnot, you go and see a gymnastics coach, right? Um, because that's the right environment. And the environment of CrossFit just to me is not really a learning environment. It's you don't go in there to like learn. I'm not here to learn to get better at my lifts today. I'm here to do the workout as fast as possible and get as many reps. And to, to that can be okay if that's your goal. But like, if you want to go better, if you want to get better at these things, then you have to outsource. You got to go somewhere else. Um, just like the goal is different, right? That's not what CrossFit is. Yeah, and I think that's again to kind of build it is that i think people don't know what crossfit really is because I, I feel if you ask a lot of people why do you do crossfit you will get a variety of answers like someone might be like oh i want to look good then i mean why don't you just do a regular like bodybuilding program oh exactly. i want to i want to have better endurance for this reason it's like okay well like there's a lot of ways you can do endurance um too and then it's like oh um i want to look like rich froning it's like okay um that's not how you're gonna get there but then uh, the real answer is like oh why do you want to do crossfit it's like i just i want to do crossfit like that's the true answer and that's completely fine but i think it's not always the intention people go into it with mm -hmm. exactly yeah it's 
that's that's perfect like it's as long as you understand fully what it is if you understand what crossfit is you understand what what the point of wads are what kind of adaptations you get from them if you like it then then go and do it hopefully you want to, you should be in shape to it to do it but yeah like you know go for it yeah and i do like the whole social element of it too i mm -hmm. think it's nice that you can build a community from that i think it's always nice whenever um a spurt or something can have a community yeah i mean and i can i i like the idea of the challenge if you're in the right shape right like you know maybe we should do a wad one day next time we meet up um i think that'd be fun like yeah it's like it's a fun challenge just like in the right dosage you know i think i think uh if you're doing it a little bit too much it's it's gonna get tiring pretty quick too. yeah we might have to I'll give it a shot and see how we do <laughs> Yeah, I think I can. I think I can do a grace. Oh, a thirty clean and jerks. Oh my god. Oh, what know. weight is a clean and jerk at? One thirty-five for thirty reps. Yeah, that'd be rough. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the thing. I'm like a decent weightlifter. There's no way my form would look anywhere good. After fifteen, it's gonna be just. I'm just gonna be chucking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of CrossFit. Any other things you want to mention about it? Um, no, I think I think we covered a good bit. Uh, I think we were pretty fair on that end. It's not CrossFit's not inherently bad. I just think uh, I think people should be. I think people should physically prepare by doing the separate disciplines before going to CrossFit. Um, for the most part like that that's really what I believe um, yeah because otherwise you have people that do CrossFit for years and then they go to a weightlifting coach like me afterwards and and I'm like what is this form like you've been training for five years and like it looks so bad like has anyone ever like pointed it out and they're like no so I, I do think that's a problem and also you know movement is like an art and something you should take seriously too like I think it's important to like learn to move your body like, well, execute things well, too. I think there's a value to that rather than just like, you know, just grinding it and just, you know, trying to move it as fast as possible and do as much as possible all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like CrossFit gets memed on a little too much. Like, I think there is a value in doing yeah. like kipping pull-ups and all that stuff. Like as much as it's memed on, there is a value of it. And it's a different value than a strict pull-up. Like is doing a hundred kipping pull-ups Will that really give you a huge back development? Maybe not as much, but is it still going to give you other benefits of what you're saying of a better like movement, understanding how your body moves and grip strength and other stuff too? Yeah, like you're going to still gain stuff from it. So people do meme on CrossFit a bit too much, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Like if you know if you can do a kipping pull up correctly, and that's what you enjoy, and you kind of have an idea like what you're doing with it, then you know, by all means, like it's, it's fine. But now if you're doing it terribly, then I think that's where the problem is, right? Like, I always say like, um, like a program itself doesn't mean much. It's kind of how you execute it too. So, you know, if you execute it nicely, then, then yeah. Uh, to be honest, all the kipping movements just seem like they feel sometimes harder than just doing a regular one. I'm sure it works. It's like, I mean, it's the same idea as like, uh, you know, like almost like how like weightlifting, you're doing all the coordination and form is just to get the weight from here to here 
in like the most efficient way possible. So I'm sure kipping pull-ups work for that purpose. I don't know how to do one. <laughs> and that's probably why we think it's hard because we don't know how to do one. Have you seen a kipping dip? Do you just use your legs and kick? Yeah, I, like it looks it looks a little weird. And like, I kind of look at it, I'm like, I feel like just doing a regular dip would be easier. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, if you're, I think if you're, if you're in the flow of it, you probably know how to, you know how to finesse it. Fair. Real crossfitters know how to finesse like the lifts, like make everything as short and efficient as possible. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. I mean, when you're competing in a crossfit thing, if you spend like a hundredth of a second longer than your opponent, you're gonna lose. Yeah, even with the barbell, like they like the barbell cycling, they know how to like go from here back to the legs tap the floor and come back up like in a very like you can tell they're like practiced in the skill right whereas even a weightlifter doesn't know how to do that uh very well at all they're they're very skilled definitely definitely well i hope this episode really opened some eyes for some people who hey maybe have done crossfit in the past maybe a big crossfitters are curious about it and yeah we'd love to hear your own experiences about crossfit and maybe some gains just some negative things we haven't mentioned about it Again, I think it definitely is a legitimate form of exercise, a great way to make community, and you can definitely make a lot of, make some good gains on it, but it's not the pinnacle of fitness, and it's not um, what you need to do, and there's a lot of alternatives based off what your goals are. And yeah, Pat, any last closing statements? Um, no, other than the fact that uh, we've got it, we will try CrossFit or some kind of like wad at some point before the summer ends so stay tuned maybe we'll like post a reel or something or i'll post a testimonial while i'm laying on the floor dying. <laughs> yeah okay i'm gonna have to start practicing to get ready for that <laughs> we'll just uh we'll just use the rng generator and just it'll pick a random wad you can't prepare for it oh no <laughs> <laughs> hey that's what a real crossfit class would be it's gonna be like one of those ones where it's like fifty snatches, um, like fifty-two plate snatches uh, for time, and I'll just be like, "Well, I can't do this." Yep. Or like handstand, walk, box jumps, double unders. Oh my goodness! Split squats. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, it's something to look forward to all the Nine News listeners. And with that, that has been your Nine News episode for the week. Natty News out. And he's out. Hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of Natty News. If you'd like to learn more, be sure to check out our website www.natty.news. As well, check out our Instagram Natty News Podcast and Facebook page Natty News if you want to get a bit more Natty information.